0: Welcome to Stokes County Boys. This is the podcast in which two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they are not. My name is Philip. I'm joined here as always by my good friend Patrick. How you doing, man?
1: Hello, hello. Living the dream, living the dream. As always, as always.
0: Now, this is going to be a fun episode for us because I think it's something that we are never you know, uh, we're never lacking in things to talk about here. We're going to be talking about professional wrestling today. As Stokes County boys, we grew up on it. Wouldn't you say that, Patrick? Is that oh, accurate? absolutely. Yeah. So this is just kind of a general topic. We're just going to go off the dome here. This is something I think we could talk to uh, or talk about uh, forever if we, if we needed to. So uh, today's just a general discussion. I think we'll Most likely have future episodes with some of our other friends about specific things, but today's just our general uh, pro wrestling episode. What do you think about that, Patrick?
1: Hey, sounds good to me.
0: All right. And uh, before we get into that, we got to see what's going on in uh, Stokes County these days. Now, this is from, and I'll link to it in the show notes, but this is from the Stokes News, which is the source for anything going on in Stokes County. And I sent that over to you. Patrick, do you have it now?
1: Yes, I do.
0: All right. So this one, uh, this is an article from June 17th, 2020, and it's by uh, Neil Caldwell. Before we start recording, I, I mentioned to uh, Patrick, I felt like I read more articles from him, and then I realized it's pretty small staff, so he writes most of the articles, as long as it's not sports. So, hey, I think we should see if he'll come on the show, or at least uh, talk to us for a little bit, maybe. that'd yeah, be great. Yeah, we'll... The, it won't hurt to ask. So Neil Caldwell, we hope you'll, uh, once I reach out to you, you'll get back to us and maybe uh, talk to us a little bit about covering uh, the news in Stokes County and what's going on in there in general, because it seems that, um, you know, we're, we've been away from there for about a decade and a half. And so, <laughs> you know, despite growing up there, we may want to see what what's going on there in 2020. But here's a little bit. This article, um, it, it's titled, Crowd Reenacts Famous 1968 March. Now, this didn't take place in our hometown. It took place in Walnut Cove, which is one of the, I feel like there's like three main towns in Stokes County. Would you say that?
1: Well, you know, you've got the most populated areas, of course, are King, Walnut Cove, and then Danbury. Right. Um, you know, Danbury is
0: of- actually really small. I was looking at the population when we were prepping to launch this. And I forget what it is off the top of my head, but it's it's actually very small. But it is the county seat, so that's where the the county government is located. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this takes place in Walnut Cove. Um, now, I will say Walnut Cove is pretty much one of the few towns that has any significant black population in Stokes County. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I get that impression because as we said, Stokes County in general's. Ninety-five percent white. King is about the same. Walnut Cove is a little bit different. All right, so um, I'll just read a little bit, and we'll we'll talk about uh, what we have here. So Caldwell starts out standing in the doorway at the gym of London School. Reverend Gregory Harrison turns the clock back night to uh, nineteen sixty-eight. And a protest march was a seminal moment. Uh, in the town's history, leading to full integration. Now, London Elementary is an important uh, personal uh, school, personally because your mom taught there, right, Patrick?
1: She did for years. It was uh, Walnut Cove Elementary for a while, um, mm-hmm. and then you know they they changed the name. I can't tell you what year, but they changed the name to London Elementary in honor of uh, you know the old
0: London High School. It says here that Harrison was the teenage leader of the march in nineteen sixty eight. And he notes that we're kind of dealing with some of the same issues today. He, uh, quote, we're still in a fight. 52 years later, how far have we gone? Seems like everything's being reversed. But I thank God for those people who take a stand. We just can't sit back there and talk about the situation. You've got to get out and make a difference. And it said the the event was organized by United in Christ, which is a local youth group. And they reenacted the 1968 March from the school, London Elementary, down Main Street to Vernon's Grill, where the crowd asked the restaurant for the right to be seated in the dining room alongside white customers. I assume that that was in 1968. And today, this site is a popular restaurant, The Milk Bar. So I thought this was a pretty. This is pretty interesting news from from Walnut Cove. This is a pretty cool, um, and you know, it, it was a pretty. Symbolically and and just significant now a way to kind of hark to the past. I mean, in some ways, it's bittersweet, as they said, because you know the 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 folks in this community are fighting for some of the same issues that they were in 1968. But I I, I thought this was a great great news piece from Walnut Cove. Oh,
1: absolutely. At- it's it's good to see that people are stepping out and not being afraid to march and and be vocal about the social issues that we're facing right now it's scary to think that you're reenacting something from so long ago that is still a major major issue but it's nice to see that the fight's still there and you know of of if not now then when yeah. and i think that we're seeing across america in this crazy summer of 2020 that people are standing out and speaking out. And in a a rural area, such as Stokes County, it's nice to see that people are speaking up for equal rights, regardless of race. I think that's phenomenal. And it's, again, it's sad that it's 2020 and we're still having the conversation, but I don't think that conversation is ever going to stop being had. We just have to keep having it and keep fighting for equity across yeah. the board
0: right yeah and it also said this is interesting so this might be something we we kind of look into as well Is it said during that march they uh, they went there was like a big tent set up and they had like a uh, pizza and a movie but the movie they watched was called celebrating courage and it's a documentary about john l harrison who was a principal at that london school that uh, london elementary was named after so that might be something we look into and and maybe cover on the show at some point absolutely because there's not too many as we as we've kind of uh, stated before we're we're at a loss to have readily uh, handy you know <laughs> items of history from from the area we grew up in and, and and this was kind of a cool callback this is an interesting callback to um, to Walnut Cove's history in particular and I guess wider Stokes County uh, that was a little bright spot in uh, recent news from Stokes County, uh, I'd say. And um, when we come back, we're, uh, we're not just going to cover Wannock Cove news today. When we come back, we're going to get into all things pro wrestling since we're going from, you know, important topics to trivial things. But so be it. Right, Patrick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll be back after this. Oh, one last thing before we get back to the show, please go to our anchor website, anchor.fm scboys support, and you can support the show for as little as 99 cents per month. What do you get in return? Well, the show keeps going. And the other thing, any supporter will get a shout out on the show. So you'll be entered into the record of the Stokes County Boys. And also, if you'd like, we'll reach out to you and you can choose the topic of a future episode. Thanks in advance for your support. Now back to the show. Chavo meant the most to me. Look high, it's my last hope.
1: Chavo Guerrero,
0: coming off the top rope, and we're back. From Texas All right, Patrick. Today, we decided to uh, cover, in general, the world of professional wrestling. Now, this is something that we kind of latched on to as kids. We uh, got back into it when we were uh, teenagers, and somehow, as adults, in our 30s, we got back into it again. So, I guess to start off, Patrick, can you talk about your earliest memory of professional wrestling in your life?
1: Well, you know, I think it's important to look at in our lives with our our groups of friends and, you know, again, growing up in Stokes County, um, and I know Stokes County is not the only place that that watches professional wrestling. You know, it was something that you found a lot of people had it in common, whether they're watching WWE or WWF at the time or NWA that turned into WCW. You know, it was something that enough people – in our social networks, knew and could discuss, and so, you know, it's something that that binds people together. And you hear the whole arguments. Oh, this is not real. You know what? It's a it's a television show. It's a fictional television yeah. show. Yeah, it's, it's a story. It's, it's storytelling. Like, it's it's like figure skating. You've got this choreographed.
0: Mm-hmm thing that you know it's it's beautiful and it's fun and it's also violent i i I won't (laughs) deny the the allure of violence especially in a uh you know you you think about movies and action movies and things like that there's something that draws you there this is this is very similar to me but it's it's essentially a live stunt show with storylines you know exactly and it's it's fun but you know I look back to what got
1: me into wrestling yeah, and I have to say it's Sting. And I'm talking surfer boy Sting. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know if it was just something that was on the television and I got fascinated with it. (laughs) I don't know. But like, you know, I remember being kindergarten, first, second grade Sting, this, this blonde haired, spiky surfer looking boy from Venice beach, California comes out and, and, I was captivated by just the athleticism that I saw. And of course, when you're in first grade, it's hard to fully understand like we know now about the spots and, and understanding like, okay, what's actually happening. You, you think that you're watching something that kind of is like a sport where you don't necessarily know that the outcome is predetermined. And and so I was completely sucked in as a kid into this story that I'm seeing I loved sports for as long as I could remember. And so, you know, this was kind of the best of all worlds for a six, seven, yeah. eight year old. Yeah. I remember seeing on the weekends, I remember seeing a couple of specific moments that mm-hmm. have always stood out to me, which I think laid a foundation for me. And again, it, it, it centered around Sting. At the time, <laughs> I was all about NWA, I was all about okay. the, that stuff. You know, I, I, I recognized that Hulk Hogan existed and the WWF existed. I knew that they were there, and I would watch, but I was more about Sting and this. I thought Ric Flair was the worst person. He was a heel, and so I'm thinking yeah, he's yeah. awful, but Muda, <laughs> the great Muda scared me. Oh, yeah. Because he was almost unvi- like, uh, invincible. He, he, you couldn't beat him. He was just so scary to me because he had the mist, and right. he would spray that mist into people's faces, all that. But a specific moment is when Terry Funk – attacked Ric Flair along with the great Muda. Gary Hart was there as the manager and Sting came out to save Ric Flair. Oh, there and we so go. all of a sudden you have Ric Flair kind of turn into being a good guy because Sting is the greatest guy. And and it started a, a rivalry between those four competitors. And so that's probably the earliest specific memory I had where I'm thinking, holy crap, this is this is unreal. This is amazing. And it opened doors for while you're waiting on that payoff, you're watching the Steiner brothers, you're watching Lex Luger, you're watching these other players in the game. And remember, Philip, those days when you would watch the televised um, broadcasts of wrestling, it was not like when you watch WWE now, where every match is developing a story and every match involves characters that are – integral to multiple storylines you've right. got you've got at the time jobbers that are there just to lose and so yep. you've got you've got these matches that are not these epic stories it's just a simple kind of going through the motions and I don't mean that to be degrading at all it's just the idea is that Ric Flair's gonna win because he's fighting somebody that you've never heard of and, and yeah, it's to it's- make him look good to build yeah. up for a clash of the champions or stargate right, right. or something it later.
0: functions to show his like dominance at the same time you see whoever he's going to face at some big event that'll be paid for or this pay-per-view event to to build up to them finally going after each other or whatever it may be but yeah i think for me my earliest memory my uncle took me and my brother to a wrestling, like a house show, which is, if you don't know, it, it's just a show that is not televised. It's just for the audience. It's there. So it was in Winston-Salem. I looked back recently, maybe a f- couple years ago, because I was like, how old was I when I went there? And I was able, because of the glories of the internet, all these shows are archived and it had all the matches or most of the matches listed. It was in 1987. I went to a WWF. I was four years old. And the main event was uh, Hulk Hogan and Kamala. I just remember. And I also saw like the Hart Foundation. So Bret Hart was there. Uh, the Killer Bees. There was, <laughs> if you remember that tag team. Yeah. And I don't remember much else, but I remember those two matches. And yeah, that was my first. I, and I did not have cable. So my only access to a wrestling show was Saturdays on, I think, NBC, uh, the NBC affiliate was WWF Superstars. So that was the only wrestling I saw originally was that. So our house, despite, like you were saying, you were more of an NWA, WCW originally, and that was... I mean, and we were in the area for like Ric Flair and there's like these classic matches of like Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat or something in the Greensboro Coliseum. I only knew of like WWF originally, and it was just because we didn't have cables, so I couldn't watch like NWA on TBS or whatever it came on. And and so we would just watch, uh, me and my brother would just watch um, WWF All-Stars. So while you were like the Sting guy, I was the prototypical like little kid, like, rooting for Hulk, you know, the, the little Hulkamaniac. So that, that, that's kind of my first impression of. And, and I think with storyline, it was probably the thing, the first one I remembered was Hogan Macho Man feud when the mega powers collided. So am I? WrestleMania 4-ish? 5. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess it started in 4 and culminated in 5, and that's when Force they would win. actually, Force that win. was the tournament.
1: Yeah, where Macho Man, with the help of Hogan, won the title. Exactly. Away.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And these 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 storylines are so ingrained in me, and it's like that build up was a year. Nowadays, they wouldn't last that long a build up like that. But they didn't have as many shows and and whatnot. But it, I mean, it's kind of a different field.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it's pretty awesome to think that they they were they were starting the the main event of WrestleMania five as soon as the main event of WrestleMania four ended. Yeah. Which uh, coincidentally enough, both took place at Trump's uh, Atlantic City <laughs> casino, <laughs> and he's in. You can actually see him in the front row of. I forget which one it is. Maybe both of them, but you see him in the in, on camera the whole show. But anyways, well, he, he you know he is in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, he's the only president to receive a Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> <So> <laughs> for now, for now, yes, for now. <laughs> I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to see Joe Biden get like uh, an F five from Brock Lesnar or something.
1: Oh, we're know. not, we're not going down the Brock Lesnar path today. No,
0: but I, I. So what's fascinating to me is like I got really into it then. So I was a big wrestling fan. So I was probably really like six, seven, eight, nine years old was my first kind of period of really loving it, getting toys, mm-hmm. watching it, begging my parents to do like. I never really watched pay-per-views, but we would rent the videotapes because we didn't have cable for a while, so I never was able to do pay-per-view. I remember when we moved to a house, we got a satellite dish, and I remember one time my parents let us get like a SummerSlam, and it might have been in the early 90s, I think. I know Ultimate Warrior was on that, and that was probably like one of the more exciting days of my life. I couldn't tell you which one it was, but it was probably SummerSlam. Well, it had been, I think it was 92, I think it was maybe SummerSlam 90 or 91 because that's when we moved into that house. So it, it was one of those, <laughs> and I can't remember which one, but...
1: Yeah, Summer, SummerSlam 90 is when Hogan was feuding with Earthquake.
0: Yes, this is the one it was. So, yes, so it was indeed SummerSlam 1990 because I remember distinctly the main event, Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude in a cage match. Mm-hmm. And Ultimate Warrior was trying to pull Rick Root out, and he pulled his tights down. You could see his butt for a minute. And yep. I thought that was the most scandalous, craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life on TV. So that was one of the highlights of my life was um, SummerSlam 1990, actually getting to watch it on pay-per-view for the first time i ever seen pay-per-view. Do you remember your first pay-per-view match? Yeah, I do. Uh, it, was, it was WrestleMania 7. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah um, that was a great one. And it's it's interesting
1: too. You know, we're we're talking about, you know, the late '80s, early '90s, even mid '90s, where it wasn't like you had the WWE Network, or you could yeah on yeah. demand click a few buttons on a remote and get it. You, if you wanted to a pay per view, you had to go to the cable company, pay for the little box and then you turned it in the next day.
0: So it was a little bit more effort than it is now.
1: (laughs) You know, WrestleMania seven was the the one for me that was my first pay-per-view that we actually bought and all that. Um, It's interesting with, you know, storylines and all this stuff because WWF was all about keeping characters in character always. And you look at these storylines from years past and it's, always interesting to me how much they play up certain things just to get the crowd behind something. Um, these, this was at the time of the Gulf war in yeah, Iraq. Yeah, yeah. And so Sergeant Slaughter who was the real American hero from GI Joe, also a, a wrestler in the WWF had turned on America. And of course you had to have the the great American boy, yeah. Hulk Hogan to, yeah. to, bring everything back and, and in the war in Iraq by pinning slaughter at WrestleMania. Yeah. It, it,
0: it was really funny because they, they had planned this storyline when we were about to go to a war with Iraq. And remember this is for the first time, you know, the daddy Bush Iraq war. And the funny thing is, is he like turned on America. He won the WWF title in like January at the Royal rumble. But by the time they got to WrestleMania, the war was already over. Cause it only lasted like two weeks. <laughs>
1: you know it's you're right um it's funny though and especially you know again summer of 2020 here um philip i don't know if you were paying attention disney world is changing splash mountain
0: i saw that yeah
1: i think you know i think that's great yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the princess and the frog, which is yeah. you know what they're gonna be reimagining the ride to be instead mm-hmm. of um, Splash of Mountain, Mountain with the song of the South and all that, you know, but it's interesting to look at like time and place, and I'm not saying that in terms of right and wrong. I'm saying in time and place there's oh, yeah, different yeah, yeah, standards yeah. that mm-hmm. are deemed acceptable for better or for worse. And right. if you look throughout the history of professional wrestling in our lifetimes, it's amazing how much they play up kind of nationalism and it's, you, you've always got the bad guy who's going to be from some foreign country. It's, you know, yeah, the Russian yeah. you've got, and even, they even go so far as like, you know, no country is safe. Like, do you remember the Mountie?
0: Yes. Oh, Canadian, Canada. Really? like <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's, it's interesting looking back at
0: those old,
1: wrestling moments well now. as you were
0: mentioning like the great muda i mean there is that i mean it plays on you know one thing i do appreciate about uh, professional wrestling is like it it's almost a fun house mirror reflecting back at you our own culture so you know you're saying like well the great muda in some way could be considered kind of this orientalist kind of racist imagining of a of an of a Japanese man, and it's like, yeah, you're right, because they are reflecting people's inherent like racism and their fears of a foreign person who they think can like spit green spit onto somebody and poison them and <laughs> blind them with that to win a match, and you know, uh, but it is what it is. And then you have like like you were saying, WrestleMania Seven where you have not only Sergeant Slaughter, who became an Iraqi sympathizer and got the boots from Saddam Hussein to wrestle in, but you also have, you know, the Iron Sheik. They just turned him, who was legitimately legitimately from Iran and was like a bodyguard to the Shah uh, and a legit wrestler. You know, they just quickly, and he he came to prominence in the late '70s during the Iran-Contra scandal under the the Jimmy Carter administration. Well, they just made him an Iraqi, you know, during this little bit.
1: You mentioned the Iron Sheik. I can't, I
0: can't <laughs> not think
1: of the Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> in an infamous moment for him.
0: Yeah. What? Do, yeah. We don't have to do. <laughs> He had a little whoopsie there. We we may link the video on the YouTube on the at the show notes, but we we don't need to really describe. No, yeah, no, yeah, but nope. um, yeah. But I will say I did not get WrestleMania Seven the pay per view, but I distinctly remember as soon as I woke up in the morning, I was like, "Did Hulk Hogan win?" I knew when it was, and I was like nervous all night. <laughs> As I guess I was like eight years old at the time and I was so nervous. I was like, is he going to win? I can't believe it. like Hulk Hogan has to win. And I remember waking up in the morning and just like, Oh God, what happened? And we used to listen to like talk radio in the morning while we were eating breakfast. And they happened to mention the like WrestleMania was last night. Hulk Hogan won the U, And I was like, so relieved. I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the other awesome i mean the best match out of wrestlemania 7 is that ultimate warrior macho man match which was amazing.
1: it was i think macho man carried him <laughs> like
0: most definitely.
1: it's most interesting definitely. now looking back on some of these matches and you know in the in the moment you get one experience but then when you rewatch and you can analyze a little bit more you realize in certain cases that you know some some of these wrestlers were not really that great oh, you know no, yeah. technically well. speaking the, the the macho man was phenomenal and oh, you yeah. see that in yeah. wrestlemania 3 with
0: ricky, ricky the dragon
1: steamboat mm-hmm. and you know speaking of steamboat he had some epic battles with rick flair that yeah. i didn't appreciate at the
0: time as much as i do now well as a kid you're not going to be able to appreciate like a, a hour-long time limit draw or whatever it is. But yeah, you're totally right. Because if you watch WrestleMania 7 now, I think aside from the Macho Man Ultimate Warrior match, about the only way to appreciate it is from a nostalgic point of view because there's like 14 matches, 14, 15 matches. It's just bloated. Some of these like... You know the tag team title match. I think Demolition may have been in it. They either lose or win within a matter of minutes. It's just a big old mess. It's just <laughs> well. So, Philip, let me
1: let me pick your brain on this. So, um, yeah, last last several years I've gone to the Royal Rumble. You know, this we're talking right. about our yeah. childhood. In we'll, person, you know, um, talking about now, last several years I've gone to the Royal Rumble, and I, I think that with the the men's Royal Rumble and the women's Royal Rumble, you're guaranteed two great matches. By the way that the Royal Rumble set up. And I think that it's a lot of fun now to see all of those superstars because, you know, you, it's it's not like money in the bank where you're going to have some people that are going to have to sit on the bench for this one because right. they just can't fit things in. Yeah. Um, A bucket list item of mine um, is I want to see a WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. I've never and been this, in this. This is a one – I just will note this is one of the, the – Another like just tragedy of this whole COVID experience was, you know, your, your hopes for WrestleMania. Can you elaborate on that? I really want to go to WrestleMania
1: and it was to be held in Tampa this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a plane ticket to Tampa from Raleigh Durham is not expensive at all. It was doable. I got some good tickets. I used hotel points. So I was going to be staying basically for free. Um, And I, splurged and got some pretty good seats for WrestleMania. And then when COVID hit, I had, you know, I got my money back, but I would much rather have gone because they ended up having (laughs) WrestleMania without an audience. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just, it was really deflating as a lot of the um, just living in this time right now in in 2020 has been, Mm -hmm. but they did split WrestleMania into two nights this year it wasn't originally going to be like that until they right. realized, oh, well, we're going to have to do it um, without an audience. So we're going to, you know, we're going to make it uh, uh, too big for one night. You <sighs> right, know. right.
0: I think it was a way for them to test for the future doing it over two nights anyways.
1: Well, how do you feel about that? How do you, you know, do you think, because I, those old WrestleManias, like you said, the matches were sh- shorter, but you still got to see all these wrestlers that had worked their tails off all year that yeah. kind of deserve that moment. Would you rather well, see it split? I w-
0: yeah, that's a good question. I think the way it is now, the way they try to get everybody on the show and have all these matches, like not counting this year, but say 2018, 2019, they've been six, seven hour shows and it's way too long. And like, I love, I love WrestleMania despite the card, like whatever it is. And I think those I mean, for example, uh, WrestleMania 35, which was last year, the main event, it was a really big main event because it was the first time you had women in the main event. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to that, we were watching at your house. I had gone home before the end of that match because I had like work the next day and I was like, didn't want to be out all night. It was like, I mean, I got to your house at like 6 p.m. when it started, and it was near midnight when that main event started. So it was like 12.30 when the, when the whole thing ended. And, and I think if, based on the size of the roster now, based on the, the way they like to have everybody have their moment or just at least have a match and get everybody out there, which I think they deserve, you're right, it makes sense to split it over two nights. I mean, if we go over, if we look over at uh, New Japan, they did their their biggest show is in January, like right after New Year's. Typically, um, it's called uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and their most recent Wrestle Kingdom was over two nights as well. And I think it it might be, it might be the way going forward, especially to distinguish Wrestlemania from all the other shows, because nowadays they have one every month. They're almost as long, and I think if Wrestlemania is going to be bigger than all these other shows, split it over two nights. You've got people there that stay like like you you're planning to. Go there like Thursday and leave like Tuesday, so people are you know there's a ton of people that come in. They can do it.
1: I want to experience it and and yeah. see how it is. Um, one thing that I like about the Royal Rumble, and I've gone either either with a friend or by myself. I've gone to three of the last four rumbles. Yeah. And you know you you said it a minute ago. I I remember the one in Phoenix in 2019. Mm-hmm. I was by myself and I got to the stadium at 3 p.m. local time. <laughs> and I got yeah. back at about midnight local time. Oh my god. And it's so a I mean it was time. it was it was an epic event. Uh, just it, it was great. I had a great time, but it really really was long. And mm-hmm. part of me though that part of the thing because you know with the WWE Royal Rumble is one of the big four. WrestleMania, yeah. of course, is the, the number one flagship pay-per-view, if you will. Um, I should – because, you know, it's – the Royal Rumble, I would guess, is the second um, in prominence because it leads – it starts the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, the other two are SummerSlam and Survivor Series that are considered to be part of the big four. Um, part of what – and, again, this is where I'd like to try it with fans two nights – because part of the allure that I have at the Rumble, and I imagine that Mania would be the same and all that, is that you're going to experience more than just the event itself. You're going to experience the NXT TakeOver the night before. You're going mm-hmm. to experience, you know, the the meet and greets or the right. different yeah. things and events that are happening.
0: I mean, what's happening now with, like, WrestleMania, it's almost, it's almost like the Super Bowl, um, but, you know, but different from that, a lot of independent promotions will do shows around the days of WrestleMania. So that, that event, I mean, and that, that was actually one thing that was really damaging for some of these companies was they rely on those shows during that WrestleMania weekend to make a lot of their money, either from the ticket prices, the merchandise sales and all that. Um, and they lost all that this year. But yeah, the WrestleMania has become this whole like week long just celebration of wrestling and not just for WWE, all these other promotions, uh, smaller places, you know, even some international promotions come in. So it's a really cool thing. And, and I mean, it's a multiple day event already. So,
1: well, I wonder, and again, I'm, I'm I don't have anything to base this on, which is why I'd like to see what it's like if they did this with, you know, with, with A crowd um it's it's frustrating when i see that they're trying to sell me a shirt after you know this was
0: i wasn't you know i wasn't there like yeah that was pretty insulting yeah i
1: mean yeah yeah but um you know i had planned to go to should have
0: given you that shirt (laughs) <laughs> they really should have,
1: but, um, you know, I had planned to go to takeover, which was on Saturday. I was going to go to yeah. mania, which was Sunday. And then the Monday yeah, night raw yeah. and then uh Tuesday smackdown. I was planning oh, to go to both of them. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Okay. And
1: you know, I think because each of those events is different mm-hmm. because it's not, you know, just an extension of the same thing. It's all part of the experience. I wonder if having all of that and then throwing another day of WrestleMania in there, would be overdoing it and i, I don't i don't yeah, know yeah and it's you, you think well what's the difference between five days compared to four you're already going to four things but the four things nxt has triple h has done an amazing job with nxt and i know it's not yeah. just him but he is kind of the the leader
0: right i'll just note just in case you don't know nxt is like it's almost like a, it's a developmental system for wwe it's almost like a minor league like triple a baseball going into major league baseball
1: but it's turned into to an entity yeah, that really stands. It's well, it's, it's own. really
0: WWE's version of like cool independent wrestling. Yeah, they had to co op that to make money off of that without doing it on on you know WrestleMania night.
1: Right, and you know the Monday after WrestleMania, the Monday Night Raw, and which is in turn since they split the brand into raw and smackdown the <laughs> right. smackdown after wrestlemania both of those have become known for being pretty wild and crazy it's a new yeah, experience yeah. than a typical uh you get monday people, night raw television show
0: showing up that have been injured or out for a while you get like people that have been not in the company for a while to come back and you know, it's, it's always really fun because you never know what's going to happen. It kind of launches the next year of, of storylines or whatever.
1: Right. Just can't help but wonder if, if they did split Mania into two, if it would just be well, pushing it over to the top.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, they do that. Like you were saying, they have that thing where they have Saturday, NXT, Sunday, and then, you know, stuff on Monday and Tuesday. But if you had, you know, WrestleMania over Saturday and Sunday... You could probably pepper in some big NXT matches and just not have that isolated NXT show, you know? You could have like an NXT championship match or women's NXT and championship in during WrestleMania and still have that raw that raw afterwards. Or you could do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and since now that SmackDown's live on Fridays, uh, you could just they'll just do that on Friday in whatever town.
1: I wonder Friday. how the NXT talent would feel if they did that, though. If they incorporated <laughs> that into Mania, which which is, the, I mean, who wouldn't want to have a Mania match? But then you wouldn't be featuring some of those yeah.
0: athletes that have spent so long. Yeah, you probably. Yeah, you're right. It, putting that, saying that, you probably shouldn't do it. But um, yeah, I mean. You could do it and just not have the SmackDown on that Tuesday. It would just be like Friday, NXT, Saturday and Sunday. You got WrestleMania and still like four days of shows. So it wouldn't be really like splitting the audience five ways. It would would still be the same.
1: I think I may have said Tuesday, SmackDown. I believe that by this year's Mania, they had moved to Fridays. Okay. And so I think I was going to go Friday, not Tuesday. So, so, you know, now that I, I reflect a little bit more.
0: Oh, that's fine yeah. So I
1: just misspoke on the <laughs> There's back still a lot of shows. There. It is. <laughs>
0: you're you're going to the show just on a different day.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean my my point still is relevant, but so you've got like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, it's still which a is a lot. Either
0: way, it's a lot. But think about it if you have like the Saturday and Sunday WrestleMania and they're like basically like three hours each versus you have all that stuff still, but you have like a seven hour WrestleMania is the way it was like the past few years. And then a Monday, it's it either way, it's it's an insane amount of professional wrestling, but it's fun, especially if you're there live, you know, it, and, it, it, it's the
1: experience itself is phenomenal. And, you know, right. I, I'm hoping that I can make the Royal Rumble a yearly thing. Um, I mean, we don't know what's going to yeah, happen with COVID yeah. and all this stuff. But, like, I, I really I mean, like exploring the cities. I really like walking, right. you know, around. Was in Houston this January. Um, again, Phoenix was 2019. Uh,
0: like San Antonio.
1: San Antonio. Yep. That was my first Rumble was actually San Antonio. And and it, it's a, a fun experience. It's opening my eyes to new places that I haven't been, not just for wrestling, but, you know, I went back to San Antonio. Um, I, I had to, I uh, had an airline voucher that I had to use. Yeah. And so I actually took a long weekend a year ago and hopped down to San Antonio just for a weekend trip by myself to, to hit up a couple places that I wanted to go, but I didn't get to go when I was down there. And so, you know, it, it's a cool experience. It's a really fun atmosphere a lot of energy in the air but Mm -hmm. you know seven hours in a stadium i mean that's that's like
0: yeah that's
1: like watching the lord of the rings back to back to back and almost finishing all three movies you know i mean it's yeah especially if
0: you if you count like getting there early if you want to see right when it starts and having to wait to file out of there and transportation back to wherever you are yeah it's it's kind of wild well patrick i think we can just leave it there for just a preliminary wrestling discussion there's much more to discuss because we really only covered you know 1990-91 and and the past few years just one event so
1: oh and we didn't even talk about the great american bash where sting won not. his first uh heavyweight title against <laughs> know, the nature
0: boy didn't get into the 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 late 90s the resurgence the nwo slash uh stone cold rock era you know we didn't get into any of that so there's still a lot of stuff to uncover there We'll have some guests on, uh, friends of ours that we can kind of bounce ideas off of and argue with because I know our friend Zach is a big Triple H fan as a professional wrestler, which uh, I like to give him gruff for. I think he's uh, average and definitely um, did a lot better than he ever should have. But uh, that's a different story for now, and I'm not going to get into it now. But uh, Patrick, we had fun. I had a good time. We can always chit-chat about this very easily. And we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you got any uh, first memories of encounter with professional wrestling, TV or live or otherwise, uh, be sure to, you can email us at uh, stokescountyboys at gmail.com or, you know, always let us know on uh, Twitter at SCBoysPod, Instagram at StokesCountyBoys. And, yeah, just reach out to us to let us know what you're thinking about this because the great thing about the multiplicity of storylines and the size of the rosters now and now we have like all elite wrestling which is uh i really enjoy would love to do an episode on that there's always a lot to talk about right patrick absolutely all right so for my good friend patrick i'm philip we are the stokes county boys and have a great one